Hey everybody, welcome to Outspoken. My name is Justin White. I am wishing you well this week and every week and all the time. Um, There's been a lot of heavy stuff going on lately and I want to talk about it. Um, I mean, I want to talk about it at length with many people, but I'm not going to do that right this minute. I would like to say that Black Lives Matter and you're insane if you think otherwise. Um, I mean, I'm happy to argue with you about it, but I know that I'm right. Um, and this country, the United States, would not be the tiniest bit of what it is today if not for the contributions of black people and people of color throughout the ages, not to mention the people of color we stole it from in the first place. So um, in the en- at the end of the episode, I'll probably encourage you to support organizations and take action and do whatever you can to be a bigger part of the change that is so desperately needed, so obviously needed in this country and in the world. So um, I can't think of any possible way to segue from that into um, the introduction of my guest this week, except maybe this, uh, love works better than hate. It's been proven. And if you don't believe me, you can go test it out yourself and see that it is true. So, uh, speaking of love and a lovely human being, um, my guest this week is my old friend, Matt Stahl. Uh, Matt is somebody that I met in my very earliest days after moving to San Francisco. Um, we talk a bit about how that happened, but um, basically I went to see his band play, Little Mai, And they quickly became one of my favorite bands, if not my all-time favorite band, to see live. Um, They're right up there, near the tippity-tip-tip-top. So, um, yeah, Matt is a member of Little Mai. He has many other things. Um, We're going to talk about some of those things now. Let me just turn this amp off. So she's got like 90 programs open and, 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 you know, there's the movies is making noise, you know, and she can't find it to, to turn it off. And, uh, and, and I think, you know, there's a, there, there's a level of panic too, that, that makes it hard to, to deal. I think you're right. For her, that's... for her, for sure. There's a level of panic. Yeah. I think that's true with a lot of people, though, where it's just and I and I can relate to that myself. Like uh, for me, it occurs when um, I think I should know the answer to something mm-hmm. and I and I'm not sure that I do. And somebody's asking me with, you know, they're not necessarily even pressuring me, but I go into immediate panic if I can't come up with what I think I should know. And, and then I go into this weird charade of like, do I? should I present myself as knowing, even though I don't, should I, like, how do I, how do I make it out of this situation without being humiliated? And yeah. I, I heard you, you were talking with one of your interviewees about exactly that problem. And I could relate so completely. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad it's not, 
it, it, that other people experience it because it makes me feel like such a well, it makes me feel little, like a little kid, like I'm like I'm stuck, you know, I'm in trouble with an adult or something, and I'm being made fun of or being, I don't know. That's it's one of my big hangups. It's like one of the things that lingers in my psyche is this feeling that I'm going to be made fun of by somebody. You know, yeah, me like, too, oh, man. Me too. Really? And, and well, not just made fun of, but like hurt, you know, hurt or or abused or dominated. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's the that's the underlying fear as any kind of pain. But I think there's a specific for me, humiliation is a specific. I think because I experienced a lot of it, mm-hmm. and I was so averse to it so early on, and I experienced it from people that you shouldn't you shouldn't have to fear that from, you know? like your parents, exactly, like, like your teachers, yeah, like any authority <laughs> yeah, or any right. who you know ostensibly is there to care for you, yeah. And that, and it did happen. Yeah, it happened from parents and teachers, and you expect it from bullies, from other kids. Mm-hmm. And you know, somehow, it's not fun that way either. But it's somehow easier to take. But that's like the law of the jungle, and and you should be able to go back to your home and you know, not have to continue to face the jungle. That's totally true. I wish. Uh, how do you do that? How does one do that? Well, one does that by choosing better parents. Uh, okay, that's one way. I guess well, that's the only way I can I can think of. Yeah, I mean, once you escape childhood, mm. the jungle of childhood, I feel like you do. You then get to choose who you spend your time with more and more. Not yeah. not always. I mean, sometimes you wind up with jerk roommates or people you work with that you or you know can't get along with. But for the most part, you get to avoid, or at least that was my. Mo was to avoid anybody who was, I thought might be a jerk to me, and um, it mostly worked. I mean, I love I love the people that I became friends with, um, but I also still, even if you're surrounded by people who are nice to you for mm-hmm. years on end, and you have no concern about being, you know, made fun of or hurt or whatever in whatever way. Even though it's impossible not to wound somebody uh, eventually, right, in, in a relationship, like it seems inevitable, at least in a like a live-in, loving, lo- a love relationship, mm-hmm. pain will be present eventually. But it seems like even with not no like with no present danger, there's still this just carrying the the defenses for it i that's uh that's that's been the story of my own life and uh you know for me that i i've the most profound experiences i've had of that since leaving home have been um when i've been able to um or not been able to but like just sort of immediately started thinking uh, that I could have alienated someone who I love and who I know loves me. So, you know, it has, I cannot tell you how many times it's happened with people who I've been friends with for decades, who I've been through thick and thin with, who, you know, I can, I can, uh, you know, if I've, if I've sent an email or, you know, said something in person that I then, sort of start to question like, you know, that wasn't very, that, 
you know, was, was that a hurtful thing? Was that an ignorant thing? Was that a, you know, an arrogant thing? Then I can, and almost invariably do start to worry that I have just alienated that person permanently. Like, right. Like, like, like Adam or Nat, you know, or, or my friend Ken, uh, people who, and, people who, who who there's no one who could have ever demonstrated that they you know are more loyal to me than these people right. and i still can and and often you know not so much in the last few years but boy the times when i have felt the pain of that like defensiveness and fearfulness that have have been in the context of relationships with people who i i should and otherwise do uh, totally dressed right isn't that bizarre it's it is the it's one of the deepest uh sufferings of my life yeah i i would say the same man it's really i I mean it's heartening to hear that it's more common than just me i mean i knew i know it's not only me who thinks the way i think but when you're feeling that stuff in your particular way and telling those old stories, you do tend to think of it as like, well, nobody, nobody else could possibly understand and then, exactly how I, I'm feeling. You know? and, and you, and like, I, I, I've begun to learn to ask myself, like, what has to, what has to have been true for me to have that response or for me to have that experience? Like what, what has to have been sort of drilled into me? in order for that to be so close to the surface. And, and do you come up with any answers? Well, yeah. I, I mean, I think I come up with some of the same answers that you do that, you know, that um, I had to protect myself from the very earliest moments of conscious life. Yeah. So it must be, it must be fairly universal then, because we all, we all have to do that to some extent. Do yeah, some people... I, I, I I think maybe like that kind of the, the category of experiences, but have you not met people? I mean, this is how I've come to think of it, right? That that there like that there are people for whom like the world is or other people are like fifty one percent trustworthy, okay, and and forty nine percent untrustworthy, and so like for them like I. I, I and my and my experience is like the the world and other people are at least fifty one percent untrustworthy, okay. and you know at best forty nine percent trustworthy. And and so like for me that is a basic sort of binary. Have you not met people who just seem like like there's a there's a like a, a real qualitative difference uh, in the way that they sort of are turned towards the world. From you. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, mo- most people I feel are like that. But then, I, but I just wonder if they. To me, it can it can mean a couple things. Either the, that person just has a better outlook; they somehow manage to create a positive angle out of whatever their experiences were, or that they're not looking at as deeply, or they're not as aware of, you know. And I, those might not be the only two things, but that's what comes to mind for me. Is like, did something go wrong, and you didn't, you weren't paying attention, or did nothing go wrong? Because I, because I feel like, how could you be alive and have not experienced some of these 
wounds, his early wounds in childhood. Yeah, but I don't think it's I I think I don't think it's the ex, the experiences per se. I think it's the patterns of experience, you know. So like, it, I, I mean, I um think of uh, Andy and Melanie's kids and and other kids of of you know our general crew uh, are just are definitely definitely more on the the world is fifty one percent plus trustworthy. Uh, because like, I don't know, like whatever, whatever, uh, bad experiences they had with their parents, the, the baseline was one of trust and care. Um, right. And, 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 you know, that, that they could always be sort of sure enough of trust and care that, um, that, that they weren't on their own. They didn't, they didn't feel like they were on their own and have to sort of gin up, you know, cockamamie defensive plans right like like i did right to kind of so you think it fundamentally comes down to the parents or the or just whatever the the initial nurturing experience is i don't i don't want to say fundamentally but but definitely the parents play a big role i think i mean i it just it seems to bear out it just in the in the families that i've that i've known that there seems to be people whose experience is more one of like care and trust, uh, then, then seemed normal to me. So it's taken me a long time to get a handle on certain people in my life because they just, I, I haven't, I haven't until recently begun to have a sense of how, how basically different our lives were. ways in which I've been untruthful in my life and I still have a hard time forgiving people for for being dishonest or for cheating or for I don't know maybe it's just a total double standard but maybe I, the I only standard, like standard we have we have maybe yeah. <laughs> right well but I feel like my like I have such a strong desire to trust people and for them to live up to that trust and I think that I get I take it personally when they, when a person doesn't. How, well, really, how, yeah, how else could you, could you take it? I guess that's true. But, but, but do, like, you, do you feel like if someone like your friend who had a family that's like really solid and they always 
know they can go lean on them or just call to them for support, would they have a different experience of a situation like that, like getting cheated on or being, you know, I don't, I'm just wondering, like if you have that, if you feel like you have a good network for working that stuff out, maybe you wouldn't carry so much individually, so much fear of it going wrong. That, that makes sense to me. I, I don't know if I, I, you know, this is, I'm thinking of someone who I've known for a long time, but I don't know if I've ever seen him in that situation where he'd been, you know, um, like abused by abused. someone. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure. Do some people just have li lives full of abuse and other people don't? Well, I, I, I guess, I mean, like, I mean, I, I, I don't know about, I don't know about you, but like I was, I was spanked. I had, uh, I'm, I was, you know, manhandled and, uh, I was fortunate not to be, I didn't have any physical stuff except from my brother, but that was to be expected. My parents were total Puritans. I was, I had my mouth washed out with soap. Uh, Holy shit. literally. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we're using bad words. Yes. That's <laughs> like, it's something out of a, out of a, like, TV show or something. Totally. Yeah. Um, but it really happened to you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Many times. March wow. down the hall to the sink. <laughs> Holy crap. Did you rebel against that or did you I, fall in line or? I, well, I, I think it, it only persisted until I was big enough to fight back. Right. Yeah. So, so your, was your life just in general, just strict and it was more i'd say like it was it was a i grew up in an atmosphere of of sort of neglect and hostility okay that's what i would that's how i would characterize it my brother and sister they grew up like with the same in the same house with the same parents but they i don't i don't know if they would say that i don't i think they had different are they younger yeah they're younger yeah i think i think firstborn gets the brunt in a situation like that I'm sorry to hear that it was like that. That's a that's not a fun early existence. Well, you know, it's um, uh, it's not, and um, but I'm I've begun kind of pushing on my mother a little bit to tell a bit more about her own experiences as a kid. Um, last late last summer, she told me about. Uh, oh, here's an example. Um, she was the oldest of three siblings, like, like I am. Um, and, uh, her two younger siblings are considerably younger than her and her, her, she felt like her parents, uh, favored them and neglected and mistrusted her. Um, and in fact, we're like in competition and her, her mother in particular was like in competition with her. And so, uh, they lived in Hawaii. They lived in Hawaii in the late forties. Uh, he was, uh, my, my grandfather was, sent there uh, by uh, the Episcopal Church to you know, be a, I don't know, whatever, reverend, uh, some, some authority figure at a, a small church school. So they went there uh, in, I think, 1945, maybe, 46. And uh, my mother's aunt joined them like a year or so later, and she was just kind of a bohemian and uh, uh, younger than... Uh, my, it was you know, my grandmother's uh, younger sister, 
uh, a bohemian, a theater person, uh, a, a, like someone who drew and wrote poetry. And so, but she was a young adult and she went to volunteer uh, after school at this, at the school that my mother was going to. Um, and my mother, I guess at this time is now 13, 14 years old. Uh, and this is stuff I had never, ever heard in my whole life. I heard that she grew up in Hawaii, but I never heard any stories about domestic life there. So she was telling me this last summer, she was telling me about um, how she got to be um, voted the president of uh, a group of girls, uh, you know, who did this after school um, program that was important to them. I can't remember what the theme was, but it was an ongoing sort of club and after school and very important to the to the group of girls she was voted the president and so you know my mother told me she went home she was so proud she told her parents that she was voted president of the club and and uh, her mother said that's just because your aunt gus is the you know the sponsor of the program or the supervisor of the program Oh, nice i know can you believe that and this shoot was offered to me by my mother as like a routine sort of interaction I see. So, you know, this is a it's a long it's a long term trajectory, but I, sure. you know, in thinking about like um, uh, this this range of business, I mean, it, it's occurred to me that my brother, my sister, myself, none of us has reproduced. You know, oh wow, whether by accident or by design, the buck stops here. Yeah, we are uh, we are none of us passing this shit on. Um, <laughs> wow. Have you talked about that with your siblings? Um, yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, my brother, he's, he, he's not, um, he hasn't had the operation like I have, uh, yeah. my sister, um, uh, was pregnant about five years ago and wasn't able to have the kid. Okay. Uh, just it, 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 her her insides were um, uh, not not, uh, not conducive, right? So, so, but you know, we're all uh, my sister is turning fifty this year. My brother's forty three. I uh, no, 50, 50, 53. I'm fifty five. So, I think that ship has sailed, man. Yeah. When did you get the operation? Can I, is that okay to ask? Yeah, couple, uh, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Uh, definitely in the last five years. Okay. And did you, is that, was that just to be safe or were you just like, nope, it's never happened? <laughs> Both. <laughs> okay. Both. Yeah. Uh, I got, I got married in 2014. I think. All right. Congratulations. Well, thank you very much. I forgot to say it. Well, I didn't. I don't even know if you knew. I don't think I. Well, I might have heard <laughs> peripherally, but probably like years later. So. Yeah, I, that seems to have news travels these days. Yeah, yeah. We're in different countries after all. That's right, and you know, when 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 we've seen each other uh, in the last twenty years, it's it's been like probably at a party or at a at a show and. Usually at one of your shows, mm -hmm. so there's you know there's only five minutes to, <laughs> to connect, and you know there's all this other energy and all these other people that want to see you, and you know so yeah that's been, I mean that's been the case with a lot. I I, I wanted to talk to you about this actually because you are one of 
a big circle of friends that I met when I first moved here to San Francisco, San Francisco. And, um, and I was younger than everybody. I became friends with all my brother's friends. And I think he was already a bit younger than many of them mm -hmm. and, uh, or, or the same age at least, but I was, I was the youngster as you know, mm -hmm. and along with my, our dear friend, Jason. Um, but I had, I couldn't, for the longest time, like, I just couldn't shake the identity of being the younger brother. Like I, I really wanted to just be one of the friends, one of the group of friends, you know, mm -hmm. but I felt like I was always placed in association with my brother and I couldn't, you know, he was, he was a known quantity before I ever arrived. So all these people had a history with him, even if it wasn't a long one. Um, but and I don't even know where if this is a question, but I was just I've just been thinking about uh, what that's like to be um, to oh, shit. I completely lost the thread from what we were talking about. Well, we were we were talking about um, seeing each other very briefly uh, without a lot of time to catch up, uh, and um, and you were abusing oh. about being part of this big circle of friends that right okay i think i sort of got it well so i mean the feeling feeling that i have been left with and it relates to what we were talking about like alienating people or thinking that we're alienating people i've just been i was left with this feeling that i was like i had close friends i felt really close to a lot of people i felt like open and felt like i felt a lot of genuine love and and connection with so many different people uh, in our circle. But I also never felt like I, I always felt like I was being perceived uh, slightly differently, like I'm sort of on the outside or sort of not quite caught up to everybody or I'm, I'm not sure exactly what the feeling was, but I'm curious to know what your experience was of that, of me in the circle was I just like this little twerp who <laughs> who's like showed up and hung on to whatever, you know, cause I mean, I know I, once I met you guys and started going to little my shows, you know, my brother was the reason that I went to the first one, but you guys were the reason I kept going and wanted to see every show that I could what, you know, every single time. But I still, I don't know. I just felt like the little, like the little youngster who didn't quite fit in or didn't, never quite made it into the circle. And the reason I'm feeling it so much now is that a whole bunch of those friends, I, I've, they might not even think of me as anything more than an acquaintance. You know, like there are all these friends who have stayed friends in that circle for all these twenty plus years, and I feel like I didn't maintain some of those friendships or at least not at a deep level and i feel like i'm outside of it again like i'm i you know i love these people i love i love my friends but i don't know if they think that way about me but the, you know, he's just a guy that showed up in the circle for a while well i guess i i you know it's hard for me to to, um... I want you to answer for everyone that we've known in the last 25 years. 
Well, okay. I don't even, I'm curious to know what your experience of me was, but that doesn't even necessarily need to be for the, for the podcast. I'm, I'm just something that occurred to me. Like, well, I, I'll tell you. Um, okay. I mean, I, I think uh, discovering that you were one of the people that I interviewed when I was working on my um, uh, my research project at, at uh, Berkeley, that that tells me that you know, however I might remember how I thought back then, you were important enough to me to to want to to want to talk to. Well, that's cool to want to know, like what's, you know, I was looking over what we talked about and, you know, it was, I, your, your experience of that, of the scene of the, of that crew was, uh, was worth my pursuing. So mm-hmm. there's that, you know, aside from whatever I might imperfectly remember about how I felt or what I thought 20 years ago, like there's, there's that, right? That's a piece of evidence that uh, sort of exists independently of, of you and me and what we think, right? Right. That was cool this, that you found that. I need to go back and read the, the whole thing. Yeah. I, I you know, I, I, I've been trying to sort of sort out a lot of old shit that I've been hauling around without, you know, paying attention to. And so that that's a bunch of those transcribed interviews that kind of turned up as I was trying to figure out what I actually have been hauling around for the last 20 years. Right. But okay. Twerp is a hilarious word. It's an underused, hilarious fucking word. That's why I laughed. And <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine that, uh, I, I don't know. I can't imagine that I or anybody else would have, would have had that thought of you. Um, probably, that's probably not, I wanted to use that word cause I love it, but that, that's probably not the best self just descriptor either no okay I'll, I'll tell you what i i'll tell you what i think i remember okay that um and this may sound really ridiculous or silly but i i think i remember uh thinking of you as kind of like a, a barometer in a way or um like oh like a like maybe like a hummingbird or something who sort of you know or a, 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 a fawn, a woodland creature who sort of shows up and, and, you know, by whose appearance, you know, everything's okay. Like, Oh, wow. Like, a, you know what I mean? Like, um, I, and this could, this could have to do with the fact that like, um, uh, Oh, this is going to sound awful. I didn't see you as a means to an end, <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. I, I saw you as a as as a uh, as like a well, it, it just to to go with this metaphor, like a like a like a like a like a magical woodland creature who, yeah, when you see him poking out of the from behind the trees, uh, you know that that it's not a you're not in a bad place. Wow. Well. I- Thank you. I think that's a, I don't know if that's even intended as a compliment, but it, but I'm taking it as one because <laughs> uh, even, even the not being a means to an end thing doesn't offend me at all. Um, Cause I think it's, 
that's cool. I just you know, weren't like no agenda. Yeah, no agenda. And and I think too that that um, uh, I, I regretted. Uh, it, there was something I, 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 I now again I'm I'm remembering what I think I felt. Right. So um, I think I remember feeling that um, like the sort of shy woodland creature that if I like, you know, uh, sort of acted, um, uh, oh, let me, I don't want, not aggressively, but suddenly, like I might scare you away. So I think I kind of regretted, I, I think I f remember feeling regret that, um, uh, that, that, that there seemed to be, you know, like uh, a, a, a chance to kind of, or a likelihood of scaring you away. Huh. I, you, did you feel like I was, because I don't recall feeling, I mean, I'm sure I was nervous being, you know, the new guy, the new kid and the youngest and sort of already in the shadow of my brother, not, by any fault of his own, but just because he's, he's such an excellent human. Um, so I probably did feel nervous, but not like I wanted to run away. I just wanted to be held and, and acknowledged. Well, you know, the, the irony of it is that, I mean, what you're describing doesn't, to my recollection, doesn't really describe my experience because I never got to know your brother. Like he should, he came to shows. But um, I, I think I was over at his apartment like once, you know, I don't know if he and I ever had, well, I'm, I can tell you that he and I never had a conversation like, like you and I taped, right? So, so at least as in my own experience, you know, you were not uh, overshadowed by your brother. Well, that's cool. That's probably another projection of mine that I've extrapolated a little too far. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, as I, when I hear you talking about what it felt like to you, uh, I, I empathize and my heart goes out to you because like, here's something I think I've learned is that it's like, it's when we feel, or I should speak for myself. It's when I feel like I'm outside that I project the existence of an inside onto something. Right. Uh, there's there's a um you know i mean this is this is kind of in a way i think this becomes has become just more clear to me is that that i have much i have been much more the sort of sort of architect and stage manager and director of my own experience than i would ever have taken credit for you know or ever been able to recognize right until recently because I felt like I felt like I was outside my whole life. I mean, I felt like I was there was no place for me in the world that I was like a, you know, sort of a, a just a, a sort of broken, forlorn, you know, misfit toy, right? Uh, for whom there would never be an actual place in life in the world, and so you know, that's how I felt too. Uh, and I'm and I'm starting to think, you know. A lot, a lot of people did, but never really believe, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, it, I guess you just see yourself as a victim of 
things until you can't, until you don't, until you see that you played a part in that. Yeah, but you know, it's like what we were talking about before about like being defensive and not being able to sort of trust the stability of your sort of situation. Um, You know, this is that it's 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 those experiences that that um, sort of require one to build that shell that then prevents you from feeling like you're inside. Right. That's exactly it. Yeah. Trapped by your own defenses. Yeah. And so that, that, you know, you're right. It is, it's very similar to the, to the thing we were talking about before with respect to kind of fearing that you could potentially with a single word or a phrase or a a glance, like alienate someone who, you know, loves you, you know, like it's, it's a similar kind of a, it's a similar kind of a thing that, um, uh, the, 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 the possibility of there being an inside that, you know, that you are sort of by nature excluded from kind of looms, I think looms for the same kind of reasons or in a similar kind of way. I think you're right. It's a, it stems from a, the same kind of fear of just being left out or, or other than or judged in some way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think like I look, I, 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 I look back at, at, um, at playing in the band playing in bands. I, I, you know, I, I see that as yes, on the one hand, uh, you know, a great experience of creativity and camaraderie and, uh, adventure and, and like, yeah, like artistic production. But I also see it as like somebody desperately trying to make a home for himself and try and create some sort of slot that he can fit himself in, you know?
learning that I feel like I'm learning it intellectually, but I'm trying to learn it emotionally that that um, that that context is always a big part of whatever happens and that and the context helps temper the urge to blame. Right. You know, even and regardless of whether the blame is, is like, even if blame is like a, a, a real thing in the world that is possible, like it's the urge to blame that is the problem. Right. Well, it's the feeling it leaves you with that after you've, for me anyway, like as soon as I blame anybody for anything, I, I feel a secondary wave of guilt of like, well, why, who am I to judge or why do, you know, what, what am I so, so it's just like immediate ref, reflective self-blame yeah. from any sort of blame toward anyone else. And, um, which is doubly damaging, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing any good then if I'm just, I'm mad at you for doing that. And I'm mad at myself for being mad at you. Yeah. And uh, it's just so, it's such a terrible wheel to get stuck in. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. And I, so I think that, you know, all of us should be working to do that as little as possible. And I guess the thing that riles me more than anything else is when I see people, you know, not doing that. And, and it's hard for me to take in the context of their life, their existence and their, you know, view of the world to temper that, that immediate blame. Yeah, I know, especially, I mean, I agree, especially when, uh, when certain viewpoints or certain behaviors are, uh, like attached to legitimated by and supported by powerful institutions. Right. Like, like, uh, I mean, like, 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 like people carrying guns around in public in the United States, like, like right. they're, they're having, you know, they, they are, they are. I think their views are messed up about like what the nature of our problems are and, and how to approach them. But, but the fact is that like that, that perspective of theirs and the, and the sort of associated behavior of like carrying a gun around is totally supported by the powerful institutions uh, in the United States. Right. So like, so there's one thing to, to like carry around a, a, a blame, a blaming uh, attitude. It's another thing when that blaming attitude is like tied in to systems of like, you know, domination. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really good point. And something I have to consider. Because um, when, when, when blame arrives for me as a, as a sensation, it's, it's always this like self-righteous. There's always, it's always backed by some kind of self-righteous belief, you know, it's really weird. And it, but it's not necessarily just my, it's not me just protecting myself. I, I feel it for everybody, like the whole, I'm trying to protect all victims from, from oppression and I'm trying to protect all animals from abuse and all, you know, mm -hmm. so I, walking through the world with that sort of level of responsibility is uh, it just it doesn't work i mean it just isn't possible well here's, but here's a, a funny counterpoint there is like where i feel this kind of thing like yes this most uh most regularly or most frequently is when i'm bicycling in london ontario 
and like I do some uh, stupid thing like like uh, like what you know what about basically amounts to like playing chicken with a car you know uh, yeah and and or or even just or even just like pass a pedestrian too close or whatever it's like I, I like instantaneously I, I I am in this I'm in a relationship with this person where. Uh, I have to figure out some way that this person is lesser than I am so I can justify my having violated the, the norms of like roadway conduct. Uh, right. You know what I mean? So like, so it, uh, I'm, I'm sorry to say that uh, for me, it doesn't have anything to do with like wanting to protect innocent animals or victims. It's really right. just like my own <laughs> insecurity about, about sort of flaunting the traffic rules uh, and violating the norms of the, of, you know, London, Ontario and, and feeling like I have to sort of preempt uh, what is definitely going to be a judgment uh, coming from that other person by defining that other person as somehow inferior uh, and and justifying, you know, with some crazy, you know, reason why it was legitimate for me to run that particular red light or yeah. on that bicycle. <laughs> and all this happens in the space of like 0.5 seconds. Right. <laughs> No, I'm I'm utterly familiar with that with that situation too. I do the exact same thing. So the, there is some actual self righteousness <laughs> in, in there, and a fair you know fairly decent dose of it. Oh, but but it, it, I know it's really that's I love how you just explained it because that's exactly what's happening every single time. It's a and that happens throughout our society, you know endlessly people are like oh, fuck you fuck you like you know there's like yeah. you know you something wrong. yeah it's a burden it's a burden to carry yeah. it around you know like why am i hauling around this you know this this stone on my back like, i have to you know like engage in this whole <laughs> sort of thing that takes me totally away from the reality of the moment and yeah. and it and it you miss an opportunity to have a like an actual mo you know like a real moment of uh self uh you know just just being totally accountable yeah like you exactly you, can, you would be so much better off if in that moment you could just pause and be like I, you know i'm so sorry i just i know that i rode way close to you and i didn't mean to and i'm you know it'd yeah. be it'd be really easy and way more beneficial to the yeah, and and and, and 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 then another sort of category of possibility there is that the other person hasn't given it a slightest the slightest thought, like you have, you know. So so you, I may think that I have, you know, somehow disturbed or irritated or offended some person, and then engage in this whole cycle of like, uh, you know, sort of distracting, <laughs> uh, irritating, burdensome thought, where that other person right. is like doop 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 doop. <laughs> Right. That's even better when the whole thing was imagined. Yeah, yeah, and it's just as likely that the whole thing was. Yeah, imagined. I think you're right. It's probably more likely most of the time. Most of the time. Okay, so then this goes back to something we were talking about earlier. Like you know, the the idea of judgments coming from other people. I think it's taken me a long time to realize that you know, you know, a it doesn't matter if they're making judgments. B probably they're not. Like right. probably other people are giving way less thought to the behavior that I'm doing that I think is, or that I, you know, all of a sudden realizes might be, you know, I don't know, stigmatizing or whatever, yeah. you know, like how, how many, literally, I mean, think about it. Like how many of those times when you thought, Oh, I'm just a, you know, 
a, a twerp who doesn't really belong here. Like, like probably no one else was even thinking about you one way or the other. And if they were, they're probably thinking, oh, he's such a nice little woodland creature. I wish he would creep a little farther out from the woods. That's awesome. <laughs> you know? That's, yeah, I think it's true that it's more often than not, people are too consumed with their own stuff and thinking about their own self-consciousness to be as, well, but see, here's the thing. I start to say that, and then I recognize that I do both. Like, I'm, I'm able to judge myself all day long and still have room left to judge others. Yeah. So, so I don't know. Some people just take things too personally. And I'm one of them and other people are like, Oh yeah, that's, you know, cause I, I, I've experienced it through making amends, you know, like official recovery based 12 step amends and had people be, I've had the experience of people totally agreeing with what, with my estimation of the situation and agreeing that I did something wrong and, but they're much more forgiving than I imagined myself being. Uh-huh. And then I've also had people, you know, be like, oh, yeah, that was not, I, you know, we were just kids or I didn't notice or, you know, I've had that ex- experience where they were just, they just didn't think it was a big deal at all. Hmm. And I carried around for fucking 30 plus years or whatever, yeah. thinking it was like this, this devil in their eyes, Yeah, you know, like a total villain. Um, so I guess the moral is like, just don't assume that your perception is accurate well you know it comes to other people i i i I do believe that that i have discovered that there there are people who just are not as twisted uh yeah you know i i do believe that and and uh, i think it may be far more than than you and i imagine who are the sort of like people for whom 51 percent of the time the world is pretty okay yeah you know I, i i and i believe that like you know I, and maybe you and I just can't at a certain level, just can't understand what it's like not to be anxious, not to be defensive. You know, like I'm, I'm still not sure that I've ever actually relaxed. (laughs) Really? I'm, I'm not sure. I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, so, um, so, and, and I, I, you know, I think part of what I'm trying to do these days is like try and identify what are the stories that I have, just become so accustomed to telling myself about myself that I don't even recognize their stories anymore. Right. And, and like, you know, what, 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 this is where my scholarship really, really converges with like how I'm trying to live my life or what I, you know, what I've discovered is, or what I believe I've discovered is important in life. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a really important school of thought that I'm, trying to sort of immerse myself in uh, that one of the basic tenets is that it doesn't matter what you believe. It only matters what you do. Okay. And like that is a vast gross oversimplification, but, uh, I get it though. I, I understand the reason for making it. Yeah. And like, and, and the, th- the other thing too, is like, it doesn't matter whether it's true or not. Like what matters is, does it work? <laughs> so, which is actually like the, the same, the same kind of perception, but from a slightly different angle. Like, um, like, like to, to, to ponder the, the difference between asking the question, 
what is it? Versus the question, how does it work? Like, 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 to, to like these like these questions of of like what happened to us when we were children what is the family you know what 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 was that what is that what like that's a really that's a it's a way way more difficult uh, kind of impossible question than the question how does it work like and I, I I believe like this is something I'm reading a lot about and the stuff that I'm reading and and in this sort of tradition of thinking that I'm trying to absorb, but it's also coming to me through my experiences of how my life can change and has been changing. And like, you know, like, 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 I don't like, I think about, I've, I've been wanting to talk to you about the band and I, I like, uh, because so, so one of the, one of the ways that this, that this particular sort of set of questions has come up is like, like with my relationship with the fellows in the band, you know, I've known these guys for 30 years and, uh, and I think I have begun to ask, uh, not like, what is my relationship with Adam, but how does my relationship with Adam work? Like Adam, I, he's one of the most sort of mysterious creatures I've ever known in so many ways. I, you know, like I seriously, when you, when you talked with him on your podcast, I, uh, I mean, I, I, you know, I knew a bit of, about his biography because, you know, we've been friends for so long. We've been, we've known each other, been, we've been partners, you know, music partners for so long. I guess that's a better term. Right. I've never felt as close to him as I always wanted to, or as I felt like I should. Uh, but like being able to ask about our relationship, how does it work? It kind of takes a lot of the pressure off of trying to like identify what actually is it. Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I think that's a huge distinction to make. And, and if it's something you could hold on to while you're questioning stuff, it would be really helpful. Yeah. And because it's so much more about like, you know, how, what do we do? How do we do what we do together? Right. Like it's so much, it's a way more practical question. It's a way more useful, practical question to ask, like, how does our relationship work so that I can continue to to enjoy it to work with it to to get you know to participate in it to yeah you know like so i mean you know you i i know you know at this point that we we're putting out our first record in 20 years and uh and it, and you know i think this has coming back together with those guys and working together on all this new stuff has been a, a, just a tremendous sort of opportunity to reflect on some of these questions at, as they appear to me in some of my most sort of, yeah, important chunks of my experience. Yeah, that's so cool. It's amazing that you guys are, have managed to do that, to come back together and be creative again. So, so after all that time and all your lives have changed. And really awesome. The um, it, it comes back to the question that you brought up earlier uh, uh, about like these people who you feel like you have had loving relationships with. Or very, I mean, maybe that's maybe that's uh, overstating, but like people who you. No, that's how I would state it. Yeah, that's what. But who? But from whom? You like at at this point, years later, you're not sure where you stand, right? Like, are you? Yeah. You said, do they just think of you as acquaintances or right. acquaintance? 
rather than an important person. And so, so like, what, you know, what, what, what would you, what would you get out of asking, not the question, like, what is the nature of this relationship? What is its core? What is its essence? Is it an acquaintanceship or are we friends, you know? Right. Uh, but like, rather like, how does it work? Yeah. So yeah, it's much better. It's much more approachable and less definitive and it allows for you to have it be different with every one of your friends here yeah. instead of like this, this template into which none of them fit or, you know, like not, no, nobody fits exactly. Right. Uh, you could just say like, well, in this situation with this person, we seem to get along this way. And, and it just makes more sense that that's how it would be anyway, that everybody's got a totally different approach and, style and take on life and so why wouldn't your relationship with each one of them be slightly you know flexible it seems like that's what you're doing with your podcast right like like you know you are not spending your time talking with your people about like what do we have here what are we what is this you know you're you're talking you're you're you're, something is happening that's in the moment that's present that's in that's that's you know specific to that particular interaction at that moment you know and and so all the whatever the history is whatever the patterns are whatever the you know preconceptions or or sort of you know figments or fragments of judgment that might be kind of still in circulation or whatever like that doesn't it doesn't matter what those are like what are the what what do they add up to what did what matters is like what's happening is is something active is is there something as sort of active happening right and there is that's at least in everyone i've listened to so far like you know there's something happening like you are you are you are doing it you are about you know how does it work thanks man that's nice to hear that's it I'm glad that you knowing something about it. That's your take uh, means a lot to me. Um, and, uh, and it is, that's definitely my heart's intent. You know, that's what all, all along, all I've wanted is the closest possible relationship that you can have with another person, no matter who that, like, as soon as I meet somebody, that's my hope is that we can be, we don't, I don't expect it. I don't, I don't, plan to be best friends with every person I meet, but I enter it with the hope that it will go as far as it can go. You know, that's my, that's what I want out of friendship is like, be open, be honest, be yourself and be willing. You know, I think that might be part of why I remember, you know, I think I remember sort of perceiving you as a, as a sort of shy woodland creature because like so much, you know, there was so much sort of uh, depending on like the, the, you know, your, your connection was so uh, vital uh, yeah. that, that, that like the stakes were high, you know? And so maybe that is what kind of, that might've given me the impression that you could be scared away or, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's a that's a really good insight. Um, I mean, I've never had anyone else describe me that way, ever. Like, I've ne- I, I don't think I'm, my perception is that a lot of people would have seen me 
as obnoxious or being too like too in the way at least once i got heavy into drinking i mean i always felt like i was being a jerk <laughs> not not mean but just being imposing and obnoxious oh uh, maybe i'm wrong <laughs> no well i like i like that you have i i'd like to think you're right you're more right than i am but um i, I mean of course there are a bunch of i'm not i can't sum it all up with yeah. one classification you know it had lots of different feelings throughout the years but um but i like that you saw the sensitivity that was there and you're right that this that's how it felt to me the stakes were high yeah. i wanted and it wasn't just like oh i need this person to like me it was it was more like am i gonna is there a chance with this person to be truly authentic and i think that's what i was always seeking in friendships and always questioning because it felt like there were times when it was not safe to be authentic yeah and from the very early age so i think that in all of my friendships that's what i wanted was somebody that i could be myself with and so every time i met somebody new it was like another chance for that and i wanted to see if that's the way it would play out and i was eager to find out so i would start right out with a big wide open heart <laughs> like that's how i wanted to enter a relationship I was like hey i how are you? I'm, this is what's going on with me. Uh -huh. How much do you want to share of yourself? And I probably scared other people off in that way more times than I can count. Well, you know, what's an another uh, feature of this that, that, that comes out of what, what we talked about 20 years ago was, you know, I, I think I asked you in, in that talk, like, uh, what, you know, given like you were talking about the sort of tendency to isolate. Uh, and so at least this is how I, how I remember, uh, what I read. And, and I was asking you, like, how did you bring yourself to go on this camping trip with all these people? You know, uh -huh. and, um, and, you know, maybe that, uh, maybe that was part of what you were struggling with too, is, um, uh, this sort of, you know, the, the urge to sort of, the urge to merge was so uh, powerful that it could be sort of overwhelming to, to be in the company of, you know, two dozen people uh, right. who might all sort of pose that question to you, you know? I, yeah, it's really interesting that you frame it that way i think that is that is what was going on and so drinking of course is a totally natural way of dealing with that right you're going to be yeah. around two dozen people each one of which is a sort of high stakes you know doorway uh yeah yeah that's that's amazing it's amazing that that's how we it's amazing you can do you can be engaged in a pattern for your whole life and and still be trying to figure it out <laughs> You know, yeah, you know, something tells me like this is going to be, uh, you know, one of my one of my major hobbies for the rest of my life.
there's a, you know, I, I think you can, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be like, sound like I know what I'm talking about because I'm working on this myself. But I think there are ways of lightening up on oneself, you know, like, yeah. Like, do you have any advice? Do you have any ways that have, you've found that work for you? Uh, Aside from the ones we've sort of discussed in terms of like, you know, putting yourself in a different question. Well, um, I, you know, I've tried to, I try to look at myself with more compassion and uh, try and say, you know, of course, of course you would react with fear and suspicion and mistrust. I mean, look at the context, you know, look at the context out of, out of which you emerged, Matt. Right. Of course you would respond to with, with fear and mistrust and defensiveness in every conceivable situation. Right. And, and like, you know, try and give myself a little, a little, you know, understanding pat. And do you find that it works? Does it feel comforting or any kind of relief? Well, yeah, the more I, the more I remember to do it, the, the better it works. Um, okay. You know, I, I think it's, I, it's a behavior, right? It's, it's a, it's a behavior that I'm trying to learn. Uh, right. And I think, um, I think it's possible to practice the behavior and get better at it. I'll tell you something that I have that has been amazing for me in the last five years is taking up sewing. I've taken up sewing and I've been working on making uh, clothing for myself and some other people. That's awesome. Yeah. And um, to become good at sewing uh, has been truly amazing because I started from zero and, um, uh, and, it's, it was always terrifying for me to, to imagine myself as a beginner, to imagine myself to, 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 to the idea of being incompetent at anything was an idea that I would be humiliated. Uh, totally. You know what I mean? And absolutely. So, so like learning how to sew from zero and now being, being where I can sew myself a shirt or sew myself a jacket, like that proves to me that it's not over yet. That, right. that all is not lost, that I can learn something new and different. And I can like, I can sort of, you know, reshape myself in these very particular identifiable concrete ways. And so like that gives me hope about like learning how to be a nicer person to other people and to myself, you know, fuck, if I can learn how to work a sewing machine, I can, I can learn to treat myself better. That's great. That's- I, I think that's, if, if you're able to make that leap. I think that's awesome. Oh, well, I'm trying. The, the thing is that, you know, it, it, that's something that uh, I, I just, I keep telling myself as a way of sort of staying encouraged, I guess, you know, like it's, yeah. it's not, it, it, it's, it's just like, I didn't have to unlearn a, a lifetime's worth of bad habits in order to learn how to sew. Uh, right. But I will, I do have to unlearn a lifetime's worth of bad habits in order to treat myself and other people better. Right. That's the, that's the main difference. The unlearning. It's it's hard. It's hard to overwrite those files. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and man, my heart goes out to you being on the hook with a person who you're 100%, you know, obligated to as a parent. Like I, I 
just I I I I shudder to think what would have happened if I had been in the same position. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. It's uh yeah, it's it feels weird to even talk about it that way and I would hate for for her to ever think that I have you know doubts or regrets about becoming a parent. But the truth is that I I have had them, you know. It's not I can't deny that there have been times where I was like, "Oh, what have I done? Like am I cut out for this? Is this can I be the type of father I want to be?" And um so, you know, my doubts come from myself. It's not about who she is or what she does as a person. It's always just been about, am I cut out for this? Well, I, 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 again, I, I think that the, the distinction here is like, it's not like if you do that one time, you're, you've, you've like delegitimized yourself as a parent. I think if you did that 51% of the time, then you would really would, you know, yeah, that would be a different story. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm well. I, I, my mother once told me, and it's not you know, but maybe ten years ago, uh, she told me, you know, I don't know why I ever became a parent. I don't like little things that can't take care of themselves. <laughs> like, okay, that is more truth than I think I've ever heard out of you. Wow. Yeah. Like she, yeah. she wasn't joking when she said that. No, I don't. I don't get that she was, and I think it's actually more common feeling than we know. I think a lot of parents feel or have felt that way. So maybe um, if we were more uh, honest about it, then the expectations to be, you know, on like 100% on deck all the time would, would not be so strong. Like if we were more honest about like how, how painful and difficult it is, yeah, uh, I think you're right. You know, then maybe the, the general expectations like of motherhood and fatherhood would be a less less difficult to kind of realize. I think you're totally right. And I think that's that's my impetus for doing it, you know, it's like I want to lower the I mean, not lower the standard of parenting, but I want to lower the the expectations that people put on themselves. Uh in, not in any realm. I mean, I feel like the, that's where most of the damage is done in, in a human life is what like the ways that you shit on yourself. Well, I think that's what, what part of what made me such a terrible teacher and, uh, until not, not long ago was like expecting that I would just, you know, just, just bat it out of the park every time, <laughs> right. you know, and, yeah. and that made it, that made it awful for me and awful for the students. And, um, so yeah, I, it's, you make an important distinction between standards and expectations, right? The the expectations uh, can like having having expectations that are based on some unreal story about how life should be um, make it impossible to kind of manage any standards that are that are actually realizable, you know, that that could actually sort of that aiming that like it makes the standards so. Uh, so unrealizable that it's just constant failure and constant disappointment. Exactly. Yeah, that's what that's what happens, and that's a losing that's a losing approach every time. Yeah. If you like, feel like you failed no matter what. Yeah. Um, so well, 
I see that I've we've talked for two hours. I want to. I would talk to you for two more. Um, well, I would like to talk with you about the band sometime because I've you know I've been putting so much work and thought and love and, and energy into it in the last you know several months and a couple of years and a few weeks that I'd love to talk with you about it if you're interested. Absolutely. I mean, we can do that right now if you want. No, I got to pee and the dog is getting all active and, and okay. that stuff. Yeah, well, please, uh, let's let's get each other's uh, phone numbers so we can actually speak or or we could do it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you have, do you have fa- can we do FaceTime or something? I, I can't. I don't have a cell phone. Oh, okay. I will Skype. I will Zoom. I'll talk on the phone. Or if you want to record it, I will talk into the microphone. Okay, awesome. Well, I'm I'm curious to hear what like I'd love to hear all that stuff while you're really freshly thinking about it and actively doing stuff. So I don't want to wait too long for that. Well, let's, let's, if you if you don't have other plans, we can talk next week. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm, I'm all, I don't want to put any pressure on you either, but I'm just saying like no, no, listen, I, I'm into it. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, I'd love to talk to you about that stuff. Like you, you know, how often do I get to talk to somebody who like really understands what I was doing with that band? You know, (laughs) not often. I'm kind of dangling out here in London, fucking Ontario, my friend. Uh, Well, I I would be honored to be that link to that time. That's some of my some of my favorite memories of being here and first moving here and integrating into that whole mob of really amazing people yeah it means a lot to me it means a lot to me that that it's still you know that it still means a lot to you that it resonates for you that you know that that uh that that like our 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 band and music and scene you know offered you something oh man more than you know more than i, I mean yeah it's it there are a lot of ways that it changed me changed how i felt how i saw what was available in life. Uh, like, I don't know, moving here at the age that I did and falling into the group of people that I did was utterly life-changing. And it, um, I just feel super privileged to have been any part of that movement of creativity and love that was going on. Me too. And so, yeah. And you're, you know, you got your band specifically, carries a, a lot of weight in my in my uh i don't know what to call it my reservoir of, of positive nostalgia it's like really really quality uh moments of pure existence watching you guys play well i really i hope the website uh you know provides some meaningful nuggets for you that uh, i've been loving going through it i haven't even I think there's still more to explore, but I, every, everything that I come across, I'm, it pleases me. <laughs> Great. I'm so happy. Yeah. I, I have lots of fond memories and then also just the, the weird, the weirdness of it uh, is right up my alley. Oh, great. Wonderful. Yeah. So, well, it's been really great talking to you, man. Yeah, um, you too. We're happy to be back in touch. Likewise. And, and I look forward to more, uh, conversations of any depth uh, ongoing. Well, you're welcome to it. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, this, it's so weird to be so closed off to people these days uh, in self-isolation that, you know, the, the, 
the ability to connect with uh, with with you is 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 great. It's great. I mean, you are you know you're one of a tiny handful of people in the world with whom I share that you know that that particular chunk. And so you know you've got a you've got a key. You got a key into me that you know that only a certain number of people ever will. Wow, that's cool. Well, again, I'm honored to be one of those, one of that handful. It's a, uh, yeah, it's very cool. It's a cool. It's I'm I'm very uh, heartened by the these connections that last over decades, even with minimal contact. You know, like that's kind of has been my hope. It's like there was enough of a connection and an attachment there that it it still exists regardless of how much our paths have diverged in the meantime. How about this? It still works. It still works. Yeah. There's a reason for us to continue speaking. Yeah. It still works, man. Whatever it was that, you know, was, was working back then. That's, there's something still, something that can still work. Yeah. And there's no need or reason to define it. No, not not if we want to get not from where I stand. Not if we want to get something out of it. Not if we want to really, you know, get something juicy out of it. Right. Alive. You I mean, mean alive? I, yeah. But uh, yeah. So you mean I can't ask you to sign a contract <laughs> acknowledging that you're my friend and, uh, and it's binding? Uh, I would do it if it were like your art project or something. <laughs> that would be a good project, actually. <laughs> Go ask all of your friends, everyone you've ever met, to sign into a contract, <laughs> acknowledging their, the depth of your relationship. Yeah, and, and like, yes, you make you. We uh, we will talk again in twenty years. I I guarantee it. Awesome. With my signature. Right, and there have to be consequences too. <laughs> in, if you're in breach. Well, it wouldn't be a contract otherwise, would it? Right. It has to be punitive. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm I'm happy with what we have, whatever anybody wants to call it. Good. So, and I really really appreciate you opening up and spilling your guts here. Well, thank you, thank you for for making it possible. Yeah, and thanks also for all your kind words about me and what I'm doing, and and you know I really love that you're listening, and it it's that's what makes it extra meaningful for me. It's beautiful. It's... Resonate with stuff. It's beautiful, man. It's it's really, um, you know, if 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 what you say is true, that what you want and have always wanted is authentic uh, connection with people, well, you are, but to all to all appearances, you're living it. Awesome, thanks, man. I think that's a really great note to end on. All right. So, uh, well, I have a lot of love for you, man, and I appreciate the the role you've played in my life. Well, right back at you. I have a lot of love for you, and I appreciate the role you played in my life. Awesome. So, uh, so love to all my peeps out there. If if you ever if you ever see the person again, yeah, really. Uh, whatever passing uh, chance I have to acknowledge that we spoke, I'll definitely. Well, I hope hopefully people will just listen to us. Everybody that knows us both or knows either one of us will listen to to this. Good. And know where we stand. Finally. Finally. <laughs> Finally got to state it for the record. Yeah. All right, man. Well, um, I'm, I envy you for having a dog that you can go walk and pet and 
snuggle with. I'm happy that you have. Uh, what what's your pooch's name? Polly. 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 And I'm also happy you have a wife that you can. <laughs> I can walk go for walks with and snuggle. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Me too. Yeah, somebody to be in quarantine with. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, all right. Take care, Justin. Love you, man. I'll talk to you later. Oh, likewise. Bye. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening, everybody. That was my friend Matt Stahl, um, or Professor Stahl, as I will like to call him once in a while. Um, so there was a whole section where we talked about the fact that he's a professor and uh, how cool his job is and how meaningful it is to him and to his students. And I only cut it out because the episode is already pretty long, but I'm definitely going to put it in to something in the future. So you'll get to hear that. And uh, I think there's talk of more Little My Talk. So um, look forward to that in a future episode soon. And um, please go check out the website that Matt designed uh, for the band Little My it's called inframaton.com. So it's I-N-F-R-O-M-A-T-O-N.com. It's like information, but it's different. It's better. It's way better. So be sure to poke around and look at in all the little corners because he put some nice hidden treasures. There's lots of little my music from throughout the years and the video and the photos and it's beautiful um so check that out in fromaton.com so i want to thank matt again for being a guest and i want to thank you for being a listener and i want us all to begin to see each other for who we really are beyond all of the different um real or imagined barriers between us. Um, So I would like to encourage you to, um, if you're able to give money, give money to Black Lives Matter and all of the organizations that they support and are supported by. Um, NAACP, Color of Change, uh, money for bail funds to get protesters out of jail uh you could do that locally or nationally um anti-police brutality causes uh, all, all those oversight organizations that are doing such amazing work the aclu um you know the list goes on and on um there are many many places to give you could also donate your time and energy uh as a white person who has always been in support of black lives and the lives of people of color, um, but also someone who recognizes that I've not done everything that I can to be an ally 
And uh, that's something that white people can probably always improve on. So I'm working harder at that. I'm going to get more educated. Um, I encourage you to do the same. And let's just be loving and kind and helpful to one another. We're going to need it uh, in the future, right now and moving forward for a a long time to come, I think. So let's let's do it. Uh, As one earthling to another, I wish you only the best. And I'm sending you love whether you like it or not. Okay, see you next week. Bye.